Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential, my business podcast where I focus on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. You know, a while back, I brought somebody that is from the food industry, somebody uh, who we talked about uh, the role of uh, you know, life living in the kitchen, and it was very compelling. I had a great amount of feedback from that one episode when uh, we talked about Cooks Who Care Inspire, which makes us even more fun that I have a chef on the line with me today, not only to learn a little bit more about what he does, but about his new cookbook and a little bit about what inspires him. So welcome to the show, Julius. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is fun. So Julius Jackson, and you have just now released a cookbook. Is this your first cookbook? Yes, it is my first. Yes. And it's called My Modern Caribbean Kitchen. I never, I I always screw it up. I'll either say Caribbean or Caribbean, and I I don't know which is most appropriate. But (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, and, and you're a chef, so tell me a little bit about, you know, about being a chef and what possessed you to write a cookbook, specifically this cookbook. Okay, awesome. Yeah, there's two different things that I really like to start out with. Uh, the difference between a chef and a cook. You know, a lot of people kind of get that confused. Like, yeah, I cooked, so it makes me a chef. Uh, not really. <laughs> so a chef. Hey, that's what I tell myself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a chef is basically a manager. So a, a chef really has to interact with not only his co-workers or the people that work with him, he also has to interact with his guests. So a chef is really a manager. He knows how to manage people well. He's uh, received well. He keeps himself clean. He has an approachable attitude and an approachable uh, demeanor. Um, that's what a chef does. He knows how to make schedules. Uh, of course, at the base, he knows how to cook. <laughs> but um, as a chef, yes, you have to be able to uh, uh, manage people and learn to work with people well. Um, and that's that's the difference between a chef and a cook. And so that's what I do. I'm a manager. I, I've you know, worked a lot in my career as coming up as a chef. I went to culinary school, graduated in 2008. Uh, Mm -hmm. Same year, I went to the Olympics in 2008. (laughs) What? You went to the Olympics? Yes, I am also an Olympian. I I, I guess nobody told you, but I am also a professional boxer as well. (laughs) I 
Uh, Christy did tell me as, uh, right. as we got you scheduled, but I thought it would be fun just to pretend I didn't know. I think it's, but I didn't realize it was the, that you had that going on the same year. Cause that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah. It was so, intense. I, and I, so does, let me just interject a question then. Mm-hmm. Does that competitiveness um, from your boxing and really, you know, achieving that level to be an Olympian, does that impact how you cook and how you lead in the kitchen? A little bit. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a different type of competitive thing. You know, I, I mm-hmm. am always thought from young, you know, my dad was a three-time world champion, a hall of fame fighter, and wow. uh, he's also from the Virgin Islands. So uh, he always taught us to, whatever you do, just give it a hundred percent, just be tried to be the best at, at that you can be at that, at that thing. So that's, that's just what I carry into my cooking from my boxing. You know, we're such a small island, kind of not uh, relevant in the world, you know, that kind of thing. And so coming mm-hmm. up in the boxing realm, it was tough to be recognized until, you know, we just gave it all we had and, and made it to the highest point that you can be, which is the Olympics. Did that and just I took that right into my cooking and did the best that I could. Uh, uh, eventually, I became uh, well known for my food and had the opportunity to be on TV on the cooking channel and just blew up from there. (laughs) Now I have a cookbook. (laughs) So now I didn't know you were on the cooking channel. So tell me about that experience. Oh yeah. Very cool experience. Um, So in 2009, I turned uh, professional in boxing and stopped cooking for a while, but then I decided that I do need to keep cooking because my skills were kind of lagging behind. I felt like I was losing some of that. So I decided to work for a private restaurant, which is my first private restaurant. I, I first worked for the Marriott. I worked for the Marriott for about three years um, while I was going through culinary school and then uh, decided to work for a private restaurant. Um, the owner knew my promoter really well. So uh, the owner uh, was able to work with my crazy boxing schedule. <laughs> and so he said, yeah, you can make your own schedule, Julius, just as long as you you know, do a good job here. So I was like, all right, perfect. Um, so- wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, worked at the private restaurant for about three years and then uh, retired because boxing really started to blow up. It was paying the bills and everything like that. But then Mm -hmm. they called me about maybe about eight months after my retirement and said, hey, Julius, we need a cook to represent us. Uh, The cooking channel is coming and it's doing a filming with the restaurant, but we don't have anybody on staff right now that would represent us well. And so I thought about it for a second. And I was like, all right, why not? You know, it'd be cool exposure. And Absolutely. It'd be fun. So, <laughs> so I was like, sure. So went and um, did a, a, a recipe, one of my own recipes on the show. That show is called Beach Bites with Katie Lee. Oh, um, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Seen yeah, it. I, was the, I was the first episode, the opening episode. Um, oh, I'm going to have to go look it up and, and check it out. Yeah, it was really fun, really awesome. And I, I obviously killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I did that well. But the, after, the, after the taping, um, the producer and Katie were both like, Julius, like you were our best chef. Oh. I was like, what? There's no way. There's no way. I, I thought they were lying to me. And I said, there's no way that I can be the best chef. And they said, no, not, not because your food. Like, your food is great, but not because of that. <laughs> Uh, because you first followed all our instructions mm. and two, you weren't scared of the camera. Right. I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> so I'm yeah. used to the camera fighting, on, you know, on Showtime, ESPN, you know. Um, so I am I work well behind the camera. It doesn't really affect me. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the things. And then they invited me to another show, uh, which uh, the BSTV is the name of the production company that, that this, th- did the show. Um, and they invited me to film on The Kitchen, which is another show on the Food Network. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was guest chef on that uh, a year later. 
My goodness. I, and yeah. now you're on my little podcast. <laughs> I feel so proud. <laughs> and it, you know, it is really something I have done a lot of media appearances uh, throughout my career. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because many, many years ago, decades ago, there was uh, in my hometown when I was still living there, that one of the news stations always would have me on at the, you know, like the very morning um, show. So, you know, I'd, and, and one day I said, you know, you guys really like me for this one. They're like, they, we don't know that many people, experts who will show up at here at four time. in the morning. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I, I said, so why am I right. doing that? <laughs> so I could be on the six o'clock news if I didn't get up at four in the morning. They're like, yes, but it got me a lot of coverage and I got very comfortable right. with it. And that's how, you know, you get invited back. Like you said, is, you know, when they loved mm-hmm. you, they loved how you operated. You knew how to work the uh, program and that's who they want to have on TV. Right. That's excellent. Right, right. Yeah. It was really a, an, <laughs> an eye opener for me too. Um, before that point, I didn't realize the, the potential that I had with, um, it came to TV and shows, you know, I didn't, I didn't know my potential. I was kind of just being me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But then when they said that, I was like, I guess I could see how that could work. <laughs> you know? I love it. So, so you were still juggling as a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. You are now getting some TV appearances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do we get from there to here? You know, what what gets you to the point where you're you know, back in this, but you're also like, okay, it's time for a cookbook. Yeah. So it's a crazy story, actually. Um, I, I've always thought about, you know, chefs do cookbooks, you know, mm-hmm. I've always had it in my mind. I never knew how I would approach it or when, you know, I never had that timeline in my brain. Um, but there is a, a food photographer and actually boxing photographer. Her name is uh, Jennifer Bloom. Um, and she followed me throughout my boxing career. She's a boxing fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so she would tweet me every once in a while. I, I know her from Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day she just sent me a, a direct message and asked, hey, Julius, have you ever thought about doing a cookbook? And I was like, yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I just don't know how to go about doing that. And she was like, well, I've actually helped uh, put together 12 cookbooks. And I think I can help you put together one put together yours i was like oh Oh, okay sure how fantastic (laughs) yeah so um she sent me a proposal of of how she would uh, you know develop a marketing proposal for publications and Mm -hmm. i said okay let's do it so did it with her i sent her five of my recipes and she made them and took pictures of them and put uh sent her a bio some pictures you know put that all together and before she was finished she said um you know i'm gonna put out some feelers to some companies that i've worked close with i was like sure that's that's no problem and so she sent out about three uh, feelers before the, the proposal was totally finished. And the first person she sent it to was a uh, pastry publication. And she told me the next day they responded and told her they want to have a call with me <laughs> right away. Nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, had a call with them and we decided to put together a Caribbean cookbook and now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, just even the, uh, the dish on your front cover looks mm-hmm. it makes me want to eat right now it just <laughs> looks fabulous so yes. i you know i mean i love to eat and i love cookbooks and i love all those fun things but how do you go about deciding what you're going to put in there yeah, well it's a really a team effort you know i kind of i could think of many different dishes that could be on the cover you know or what is all in there the the publication they really wanted a traditional Caribbean recipe book. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. do fusion is what I really like to do. I kind of make up my own recipes that infuses Caribbean flavor, you know, classically trained uh, with French and Italian cuisine. So I really like to mix that. 
but they were like, you know what, I think it would be cool if we can just do a, a basic Caribbean, uh, you know, things that you grew up on uh, book. And I was like, okay, I mean, I would love to do that because we really don't write things down here in the Virgin Islands. <laughs> we really don't. You just do it. Yeah, I make it. Um, so writing this was really tough. Writing it was, was super tough, trying to find recipes. And there aren't many Caribbean cookbooks that are that are vast. You know, mine has the most recipes. All the books that I've referenced are either like 25 to 30 recipes. Yeah. Um, mine's 70. So it was really hard to get all the recipes and, <laughs> and trying to find measurements and things like that, you know, calling my aunts and my, my mom and my dad. And they're just saying things like just a pinch, you know, or a handful. Yeah, they're like just fill up the middle of your hand and then throw it in there. Like, okay. So I'd have to fill up the middle of my hand, put it on a plate, and then measure that out in <laughs> tablespoons and <laughs> try to figure out how to put that all together. So yeah, I did it though. Um got it all done and send it out. And yeah, it uh is beautiful. And the, the the photo on the front, um well all the photos in the, the book was taken by Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Um, They hired her to do all the photos. And yeah, we just sent her all the recipes and she made them all and oh, oh yeah. so she she made them and then and then took the pictures that's some i i guess yeah, i would i would have used it as an excuse to come to the virgin islands <laughs> like <laughs> i'm sorry you have to cook for me and i'll come there and eat them and take pictures <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> yeah she kind of messed up on that one <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> but she wasn't thinking very well <laughs> i love it well this is fantastic how much fun how long did it take you to start to finish when you from the moment you said okay i'm going to put this cookbook together till the moment that you had one in your hot little hands Oh, it was it was an amazing feeling. Um, it was it was extra amazing because I wrote the book uh, through the the two hurricanes that we had here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They, I I signed the deal about a month and a half before Irma hit. Oh. So I I still had to make, hit deadlines yeah. <laughs> throughout all that time. Um. Yeah. The publication did give me some grace, you know, with that um, because they knew I was we were going through that uh, that tough tough time. Here. You're like, look, it's hard for me to figure out how many tablespoons of cumin to use when I'm not sure if I'm going to have a roof over my head, literally. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. Um, so it, it was actually special receiving the finished copy. Almost almost unreal because I still don't know how I pulled that <laughs> off. <laughs> I still don't. Um, I remember having volunteers, uh, you know, because I work with My Bros Workshop and we were uh, running the cafe and bakery as a feeding center. So we were doing free meals uh, for everybody. So it took a lot of time. You know, I would get up really early in the morning and, and leave, you know, late in the afternoon and reach home when the sun is coming down. And so I remember uh, some couple of people stayed with me because my roof was on. And so I was able to help others and house other people. And I remember them having to hold a flashlight over me while I'm writing <laughs> recipes oh, no. and trying to find tablespoons. <laughs> it was oh. It was nuts. <laughs> Talk about a true labor of love. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, it's, so many people came together during that time, and it was truly a, a blessing to see it happen. You know, uh, sometimes us as humans can get so busy and caught up in what we're doing that we forget about our neighbors. But um, this time, uh, going through that those storms really uh, showed people's true heart, and a lot of us came together and made things happen that almost seemed impossible. Absolutely. My Brother's Keeper, is that what it's called? Oh, my Brother's Workshop. My Brother's Workshop, that's yes. right. I'm actually going to have um, somebody on from uh, that organization here a little bit later in the season. Um, and it's it's amazing how much... Um, so you are in St. Thomas, correct? Yes, correct. 
So I'm very fortunate that uh, now uh, my uh, podcast manager, I came into contact with her, uh, Christy Payne, um, from mm -hmm. actually an organization that had to do with all the devastation after the hurricane. So she was yes. working with Adopt a Family and Adopt a Classroom, and I got involved in that um, and had had her and uh, and the head of that organization, Sabrina, on for a podcast a few months ago. We laughed so hard. We were all crying um, <laughs> just about I don't know. We're laughing about wonderful things, but about, you know, right. about the ways that um, people have come together. And, right. you know, so going through, I heard you say earlier, you said, you know, sometimes we're kind of forgotten here in the islands. How right. how was it to to experience, you know, two devastating hurricanes and see that affect the world around you? And how did you keep going? Not just I mean, I knew you did and I knew you volunteered, but, you know, how do you how do you keep going, especially, you know, having a, a book to work on and all these different demands? How, how do you even juggle that when so much is going on that's about life and death and survival around you? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure for everybody, they have their different uh, motives and different things that keep them going. But for me, I was just really focused on my neighbors, you know, my people around me. Um, I've always felt pretty much called to kind of be a a leader in my community. You know, I've, I've always felt that I mm -hmm. uh, should be holding out that position. And so uh, right after the storm, um, you know, I actually went to my brother's house, um, well, my dad's house, and my brother lives underneath my dad. Um, I went to his house because I knew um, his house could survive the hurricane because it survived one of the bigger hurricanes we had earlier, Hurricane Maryland. And so I didn't trust my house um, enough I was like, you know what, let's take the family and go over there. And right after, we went outside, and we didn't really care about the cars. We didn't, you know, look for any, we didn't check our phones, you know, we none of that. We just went out, looked for our dad upstairs, looked for our neighbor next door, whose their roof uh, came off, a big part of their roof came off. So we went up to check on them, uh, went down the road to our other neighbors that we know for years, just checking on everybody, just seeing that everybody was okay. Then the next order of business was to start clearing the roads because there were elderly people that would need to get to medication and get to food. So we knew that was next in line. So we just got some some um, eddies and put some coats on and just started clearing the road. <laughs> and then while we were clearing the road, we were like, wait, did the cars, are the cars okay? Like, <laughs> can you guys check the cars? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that might be important. Yeah, and um, yeah, really, it was just uh, knowing that we needed to take care of people. That that's what had kept me going. Yeah. Knowing that people are gonna need me to be strong and to be ready to work and ready to get going to keep things just moving, keep the community going. I, I just knew that I would be the person to, to do that. Not only for my family, but just for my neighbors, everyone around me. You know. And that's, you know, it, it kind of comes back to you talking about a chef being a manager, a leader, you know, mm -hmm. that, that I think it, it doesn't surprise me the more I'm learning about you. But I think that's a real key for people to, to, to take note of is, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And survival is one thing, helping your neighbors to, to rebuild. It's, it's very impressive. And I, you know, I haven't been to the uh, U.S. Virgin Islands since the hurricane, except for Puerto Rico. And then, uh, but last December, I was in the British Virgin Islands and we were there to, to have a, you know, chartered boat that we'd had planned for a while. We almost didn't go. Glad we didn't because we were one of the first groups back out there, but I've never seen anything like it. You know, it just, 
just devastated. And, you know, I, I always say I saw, you know, uh, boats, you know, sunk. I saw boats upside down. I saw boats upside down three blocks in on top mm-hmm. of cars, you know, yeah. and I'm thinking it's amazing that anyone survived. I know. <laughs> yeah. Think, yeah. Just thinking back on it and looking out of my brother's window, it was really just white, like uh, in the middle of the storm, the, the rain is moving so fast that mm. it's just uh, white outside. Wow. And you can see that there's a coconut tree right outside that, that window and it was touching the ground almost and coming oh, back up. Oh. Yeah, as the gust hit it. Oh. It's so crazy. Um, just watching it happen. Uh, really nuts. And water's just spewing through the window like someone's hosing a, holding a hose right there. It's oh, just water, gosh. water. Yeah, there's a lot. Let's, <laughs> let's hope we don't see uh, any seasons like that for a long, long time to come. Yeah, yeah I'm really hoping that we don't get because we're not ready. <laughs> we're not ready for yeah. another one now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, there's so much rebuilding. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so then share with me, I always ask people a couple of questions. One is, you know, I focus on excellence and leadership and sales and the customer experience. And I always like to know from my guests, you know, what's an example of one of those that you've been the recipient of that has influenced you that, you know, you really is shocked you positively and that it's something that you that you remember you take as as a part of, you know, how you operate. Yeah, actually, um, it was a phone call. I was, I think I was, hand, me and my wife, we were handling a situation with one of our credit cards. And mm-hmm. for some reason, the person on the phone could not understand what we were trying to tell them, that we never set up a passcode and <laughs> that the passcode was, uh, you know, we were never asked that question before. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't <laughs> get that. <laughs> but I was super surprised that they didn't get angry at with us because mm. usually that's what you face. If uh, someone on the phone does not understand what you're trying to say, they mm-hmm. usually check out and it's like, mm-hmm. well, I can't help you. You know, this person really was trying everything they could to figure out why nobody gave us a passcode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then finally handed us to a manager, then the manager handed us back to them and they were super kind um, and really helpful and did not get frustrated with us. Um, at the, the whole time I was kind of biting my fingers and look at my wife talking and being like, they're going to get frustrated right now. Mm-hmm. Cause my wife was getting frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know? that's a great example because you're right. When, when there's a, a communication challenge and it could be from language, it could be from, you know, understanding what the concept or not being able to explain something, you know, so that it makes sense that, you know, oftentimes people will get frustrated and then that just leads to more breakdowns in communication. So what a great thing to go to the opposite end. <laughs> yeah, very true. And I, I was really surprised. I, I thought that they were needed 10 gold stars for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really, and I, I, I hope you had the chance to tell them or, you know, to share that because I think that one of the things that I try and focus on is how, how often we can praise for great outcomes, you know, great behaviors, great interactions, because the more I think that we hold those uh, moments of excellence up, I think the better the world is. And it also, you know, it's just that sense of feeling like you've been recognized. Very true. Very true. I love it. We told the manager that they should deserve something. Oh, good. Good. And that's, you know, that's always so important to hear, you know, um, from your own manager that somebody said something great about you. And I'm sure you see that, you know, in, in, uh, in your work as a chef as well. Definite, definite. Yeah, that that always keeps someone motivated. Absolutely, and that and that keeps us all working towards the same goals. 
So then let me ask you uh, kind of the last question is, you know, knowing what you know now in your life and looking back on, you know, really interesting history of, you know, your life, your career, you know, your, your involvement in sports um, to everything you're learning now as an author, if you could go back in time and say, tell your younger self anything that would have shocked your potential farther, faster, or kept you on the same path, you know, what time in your life would you go back to and what would you tell that younger Julius? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I would go back to uh, the Julius that didn't believe he could make it to the Olympics. Um, mm -hmm. Julius, uh, his younger brother actually qualified before him and he was going to quit. He did not want to go to the oh. next two qualifiers um, because it, it was too tough and he felt like he wasn't good enough for for that level of boxing. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm talking in third person. <laughs> That's okay. I like it. Cause I, you know, it's kind of that, I think sometimes to be able to give that advice, you have to treat your younger self as if it's, you know, a little outside of yourself. Cause that's, that's a pretty big awareness. Right. True. And so I, um, to him, I would say, um, don't let the tough times discourage you. Mm. Um, that, that's what I would say. Um, I think that at that moment, I didn't realize that those tough times would actually build the character that I have today. Um, those those tough times what help you to to be better. They build you up. Um, a lot of times in the moment, we feel like they're breaking us down and that they're defeating us. When really, in, in reality, it just makes us stronger and builds us up. And that's what I would say to them: is is uh, don't let these tough times break you down. Um, know that they're tough times, but plow through them and, and just uh, know that they're only going to build you up and make you better. And that's, that's what I would tell them. I love it. And I think that's, you know, especially having a brother who did something before you and then it mm -hmm. doesn't come as easy for you. Right. That's, that's such a pinnacle point. And you're right. I think there's a lot of people that would say, oh, well, I'm not that good. Or it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that important. Yeah, or, you know, try and justify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to justify in our own heads, you know, the reason why we're not going any further, but right. you know, you kept going and that's, that's a great lesson to know and, and to be able to embrace that you did it. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's fabulous. Well, I, as we wrap near the end here, I want to make sure we'll have all the information on you and how to find you on our show notes, but I know you have a Facebook page and so people can find you under Julius the chef. Yes. Correct. Yes. And uh, you can also find your cookbook if you look up My Modern Caribbean Kitchen, 70 Fresh Takes on Island Favorites. And I'm pretty sure not only I'm going to have to buy the book, but the meal on the front cover, I know my husband's going to love and I'm going <laughs> to love it. It looks great. Yeah. Palau. <laughs> oh, oh, yum. Yeah, okay, I'm in. <laughs> so as we near the end here, do you have any last thoughts or words of wisdom to share with my listeners? Just that, uh, you know, to be a good leader, um, I think that, you know, I'm, I never thought I was going to be a good leader, but I've had so many people tell me this, that I make a great leader because I love serving others. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is key in in being a great leader um, in any any area that you're in. It could be management, uh, mm -hmm. business ownership, um, any any position. I think that wanting to serve others around you would make you a great leader and a good example for people mm -hmm. to follow. And they would actually want to follow. They mm -hmm. would want to follow you and look up to you. So that that's just the last kind of piece of advice I like to give to anybody who is in those kind of positions. 
I think the concept of servant leadership is really is really important because the more you're focused on others, the the more you're trying to lift them. So, I, exactly. you know, and, and you have opportunity and, you know, just thinking about, you know, as being a chef and, you know, I've, I think, by the way, I think every person in the world should be required to work in a restaurant or a bar <laughs> because you have to, you learn customer service at a whole different level oh, and there's level. a lot of stress, you know, and there can be mm-hmm. a lot of stress that can be negative, but True. if you can harness that and, and to my saying, you know, use your powers for good, not evil, right. you can, um, you can really make a difference in an environment that can be extremely high stress. Agreed. And, uh, Agreed. and that impacts, you know, the more, the less stress you have in the kitchen, you know, the less uh, stress your uh, your customers have on the back end too, because they don't, you know, all they feel is the warmth and, and the uh, and the embrace rather than, you know, stress or tension. True, very true. Yeah, I love running into people who are in the industry, um, in the service mm-hmm. industry, because I'm like, you get it, you know, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you'd be, um, you'll have to take a look at the the group um, that I interviewed a while back called Cooks who care, inspire. And their whole mission as an organization is to work with people in the food service industry and help them to remember to take care of themselves, Mm. you know, so be, you know, be mentally and emotionally solid, you know, know how to take care of your health, you know, learn how to find balance, you know, learn how to network, you know, in ways that help you build your career. And I just, you know, I love that, you know, that concept, which is, I think, you know, a lot of the things that you're talking about as well is, you know, be a good leader, but you have to lead yourself well first before you can lead others. That is, that is so true. It has been just an absolute pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to uh, to reading your cookbook and uh, cooking many things in them. So I'm going to order it as soon as I'm done here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I really, I'm glad to share your message. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And you you will enjoy the book because I have a lot of stories in there. Uh, every recipe has a little intro, a little story to it. So I think you will enjoy that. I love it. I will. My husband will laugh. He'll go, another cookbook? I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> he never minds when I cook for him. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you again, Julius. And I look forward to speaking with you again. All right, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.